This is Unexpected with Hannah Love. In this podcast, you will gain a new perspective of how God loves you enough to call you to things that you couldn't have imagined for yourself. Hello, hello, everyone. It is so good to be back, and I'm so sorry that I left everyone for a few weeks. It was very unexpected, and I feel that's appropriate given our podcast name. Our baby was born three weeks early. He came unexpectedly, and I thought that it would be appropriate to jump into this new episode back and share a little bit about his birth story. God speaks to me in all kinds of ways, especially when we've got stuff going on in life, and he was good enough to reveal a few things to me in the story of Abram's birth. And so without further ado, I'm going to jump in and share that story with you all. And I hope it blesses you. Hey guys, before we get started today, I wanted to take a second to tell you about our sponsor. Research shows that more Americans search the word church around Easter than any other time of year. Yes, go find your Easter service. But the team at Talk About, the Awana product that brings digital content to families so they can practice discipleship at home together, wants to help you find more than a great church to attend on Easter Sunday this year. They want you to find time to really center your family around the meaning and miracle of Christ's resurrection. At TalkAboutDiscipleship.com, you will find a free resource to help you and your crew walk through Holy Week together. With family activities, prayer ideas, and scriptures, You can learn to deepen your understanding while having fun every day, from Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday. And spoiler alert, there may or may not be some donuts involved. (laughs) Go to TalkAboutDiscipleship.com to download your free Holy Week Family Guide and talk faith with your family this spring. That's TalkAboutDiscipleship.com. It was the end of the week, and I was headed into my 36-week prenatal checkup. I'd had an ultrasound the day before, which I was excited about because I thought that we would get to see our little man's face in 3D. Well, we didn't get to see his little face, so I was a bit disgruntled that morning as I headed in to see my doctor and go over the ultrasound results. I'd had 3D ultrasounds with both my other boys, so I thought nothing of it when she told me the week prior that she wanted me to go in and get one. Her reasoning was that the baby was, quote-unquote, measuring small. Well, Shay and I are both on the smaller side, and our other babies were petite, so again, I didn't think twice. But, as I sat in the little patient room, my doctor began explaining what the ultrasound had detected. She called it fetal growth restriction. She said that by the looks of the ultrasound, he was a few weeks behind, and that he hadn't grown at all for the last two weeks at least. She said that he appeared proportional, but she wanted to move the delivery date up. She wanted to take the baby the following week. In fact, she said Tuesday. Well, this was Friday morning, and as I sat in shock, it dawned on me that next week was actually just four days away. Originally, I had been scheduled for a C-section on February 3rd. And as things began to unfold, though, it looked as though this baby was coming more than three weeks early. I wasn't ready. In that four-day window of time, I ran through the range of emotions. A little sad, a little excited, and a lot anxious. 
And the practical side of me was running around trying to get the last three weeks worth of preparation done in a weekend's time. (laughs) By Monday, we had worked ourselves up into a worry. Why couldn't the baby stay in for one more week? Measuring small didn't feel urgent enough of a reason to take him early from the safety of my womb. I knew that weeks 37 and 38 were important for lung development, and at this point, we would be delivering just under the 37-week mark. We were torn on how to proceed. After a lot of prayer and several conversations with different friends in the medical community, we decided to call and ask a few more questions. This time, we came away with more answers. The placenta wasn't providing enough nutrients. And more than that, there was no way of knowing if there was enough oxygen getting to the baby. That was all we needed to know. The rest of the wait seemed endless, as I wondered every minute if his air supply was running out. Tuesday morning rolled around. It didn't feel like we had even slept much because we got up at 4 to arrive at 5 a.m. and baby Abram was born at 7.50 via C-section. They scooped him up and a whole team of nurses huddled around him for what seemed like hours. Minutes ticked by in silence as my doctor sewed me back up. The nurses continued to work quickly on Abram. Occasionally, I would hear a cry and my heart would unclench at finally hearing him. And finally, my sweet anesthesiologist took care enough to explain what they were doing and she offered reassurances. After a few more minutes, they finally announced that they were taking him to the NICU. I hadn't even had a chance to see his little face, much less hold him. But... He needed oxygen, and he took in some fluids while being delivered, so they rolled him out. Shay left to be with him while they finished stitching me up, and I was glad that he would have Daddy with him. I was left feeling helpless that I couldn't do more. We went the day not seeing that sweet face. He was on a CPAP machine, and I wasn't able to even visit him until my spinal tap had worn off six hours later. It was the longest six hours. Our family was there praying, and many, many people outside of the hospital were praying for this little guy, too. When I went in to meet Abram for the first official time that afternoon, he was covered in wires and tubes and lay in an incubator. Shay and I prayed over him. We prayed and declared, asking and believing that he would be off the oxygen before the night was over, and that eventually he would be able to come home with me on my release day. We came back in around 6 that evening. That's when they told us, with some amazement, that he was already weaning off his oxygen support and could breathe without help. Somewhat shocked, they said that they couldn't believe how quickly he was turning around. They took his oxygen off and let me hold him for the very first time. At this point, they went over all of his levels with us and let us know what improvements he would need to make before they would consider releasing him from the NICU. So, when they left the room, we prayed again this time asking for his levels to stabilize and for him to pass all of his tests. By morning, they came in to tell us that he was improved in every area. I knew he would be. In the days leading up to this child's appearance, I sensed a coming storm. But along with this sense, I also had a deep knowing from the Holy Spirit that God was already holding it all. I had only to rest in Him. And so, when the doctors and nurses were commenting on how unbelievable his progress was, I smiled, knowing God's hand was indeed all over it. I'm so thankful for those prayers and for the God who gives peace beyond measure or understanding. Abram was dismissed from the NICU the next afternoon, just in time for his big brothers to meet him and hold him. He came home with me the following day as we both passed the prerequisites for being released. 
It's been a couple of weeks now, and as one does when welcoming a new family member, we have all been adjusting. It's been a season of equal parts exhaustion and joy. And as God often does for me, He has been speaking in moments of quiet gratitude while holding my newborn son. As I reflected on His birth story, God revealed some pretty beautiful truths. See, in the months leading up to the due date, I had been walking. Physically speaking, I knew that keeping up with a six-year-old and three-year-old and a newborn would be demanding. And I set a goal for myself to walk 40 miles a week while pregnant. As soon as the first trimester's sickness eased, anyway. Yuck. And so, I did. 40 miles a week and between 100 and 250 flights of stairs a week, depending on my schedule. I could tell that my stamina was going to be better after this pregnancy and was so excited that I was doing prep work that would pay off after the baby was born. My core felt stronger and tighter than it had during my second pregnancy. I couldn't help but wonder, though, if all that walking was part of what made the baby stop growing. All that walking had kept my muscles strong, but maybe those strong muscles had somehow cut off baby Abram's room to grow. There really were no answers for that. With the diagnosis of fetal growth restriction, I was simply told that the baby ran out of room to grow without cause or even a speculation as to why. It was so frustrating because I felt I had done the best job on this pregnancy to stay active and healthy. I had put in the work. I kept thinking about the irony of it. My preparation seemed to stop the growth of my baby. This is where I could see God showing me something. I began thinking of how this looks like us a lot as Christians. We put in the work. We prepare. It's a good thing. But at some point, we have to step out of the way and hand it over to God. We can only take ourselves so far. We can only grow so much in our own strength and in our own humanity. We are limited, but God is limitless. I thought maybe, just maybe, God was reminding me that we will always run out of room to grow when we try to do it in our own strength. And honestly, I'm so thankful for that. If I had had it my way, my own plans for my life would have gone no further than a little house in a little town minding my own business and not pursuing anything more. Safe, but ineffective at what God was really wanting from me. Instead, God did have His way in my life. And because of it, I am speaking to thousands every week, totally outside of my comfort zone, but pursuing the very things that God put inside of me before I was even formed in my own mother's womb. God knows the end from the beginning. Sometimes He just needs us to surrender our own way, our own life preparation, and let Him show us how much bigger it can be. And not just bigger, but more full, because we do live in fullness when we are pursuing God's will over our own. I'm reminded of a passage where God is speaking directly to Jeremiah in the Bible who truthfully sounded a lot like I did before I surrendered my yes to him. Jeremiah 1, 5 through 10 says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. O sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. (laughs) The Lord replied, don't say I'm too young. For you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. 
Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, Look, I have put my words in your mouth. Today I appoint you to stand up against nations and kingdoms. Some you must uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow. Others you must build up and plant. See, our baby couldn't grow anymore until I let go of the control and let God take over. It was His way, I think, of reminding me as this new year begins that I still have to remember who holds it all. I still have to remember that there is more room to grow in life, in faith, in grace, in love, in joy, in peace, in innumerable areas. There is room to grow in all of it when we remember to let God lead, not depending on strength of self or even on the strength of others. Lay it down at His feet and let Him make room where you couldn't have. He will make room. He will make a way. He will work in ways that you never dreamed possible. Today, I want to end with this reminder. Ephesians 3.20 says, Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for His miraculous power constantly energizes you. I know this to be true, sweet friends. I have seen it in my own life over and over again. And today, I feel like God is stirring hearts with this same promise. He will achieve more than your greatest request. He will achieve more than your most unbelievable dreams. He will exceed your wildest imagination. He will do all of it if you surrender to Him. Give it to Him so He can make room. He is calling many here today. You could be appointed to stand up against nations. It may be you who is appointed to tear down strongholds. It may be you who is appointed to build up and plant. Listen for His voice. Ask for His will to be done in your life and say yes when that space you're in is too small for you to grow anymore. He'll take that space and multiply it. I'm praying today that each and every one of you is reminded, as I was reminded, that we will always run out of room on our own. We will run out of strength and capacity and joy and peace. We will run out of energy and resources and motivation. But God doesn't, and He never will. Give it back to Him today, sweet friends, and be amazed at the blessings that follow. Thank you so much for listening today. If this episode has encouraged you, please feel free to share it with your family and friends. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world today, and my hope is that this show is a candle in the dark.